Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. The following is the Spirit World Center podcast. If you have any questions about the spirits or shamanic training, you can visit our website at spiritworldcenter.com. And now, please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. I'm once again joined by Alexandra Blair for the Astrological Weather Report. And today we're covering uh, the period of October. Alexandra, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Eric? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm with trepidation wondering what is coming up in this in this month of October, though. Yeah, October is the start of a very uh it's kind of the start of this sort of spooky year-end period. Um, obviously people sort of jokingly call it spooky season, and we've got Halloween up in there, but the end of September and October are really going to be pretty tough. There's no way around it. Um, we talked about a little bit of this on our our last check-in, but um October is gonna be even more direct, active turbulence uh in the stars, which is what it is, isn't it? So <laughs> I'm ready it. to get into it. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Well, uh let's jump into it. How bad's it gonna be? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm really not a fatalistic astrologer and I try not to be catastrophic. Um, with that being said, we have to be realistic. Sometimes things aren't good and sometimes things are not good. And October is really going to be a month that has quite a bit of tension and turbulence in it. So the end of September and October both featured this really interesting dance of like squares and oppositions, which are aspects between Neptune and Jupiter in particular against the sun and the moon and also some other planets. So we'll talk about that a little more. Um, but Neptune and Jupiter are both in retrograde and they both are in respectively Pisces and Aries. So this is a direct callback to that period of the year, March, April, and a little bit of May, where we were really wrapped up in a lot of delusional, big picture, dreamy emotions, and some really fast, chaotic action. So this is going to be a little bit of a rough period that's going to just be characterized by a lot of rapid shifts, a lot of tension and some drama and kind of along that same, you know, timeline, we are still really in the height of the retrograde shadow period for most of October. So I made this chart, which you can see in the written report, which will be on the site, but <laughs> the graphic really shows the, the dramatic nature of this retrograde period. Basically all major planets except Mars and Venus are currently in retrograde and Mars goes retrograde this month. Um, we do have some planets stationing direct this month, Mercury, Saturn, and Pluto. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, that is going to feel pretty good <laughs> for most of us. And, um, for the first half of October, I would say it's going to be like reality checks. That's the theme of the month. And then we have this full moon in Aries mid month that is going to be a little bit of a refreshment for us. Um, and more, we'll be more able to kind of communicate things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on in October this month. Yeah, I'm just looking at that chart here. That is quite a lot of retrogrades. Wow. At least there's something going direct. 
Yes, there's a few going direct this month and that'll be good. And we'll talk a little bit about it kind of in order. Um, but the beginning of this period is really this new moon at the end of September that takes place um, on September 25th, a new moon in Libra. And this is kind of that, like I said, this is a direct callback to what we were doing in March, April, and May. Um, and right around this new moon, we'll have the sun opposing Jupiter. This is like a really tough new moon and there's a lot of technical aspecting this month. All of that is in the written report, but I will just say like the moon and the sun and Venus are opposing um, Jupiter and Aries and then, you know, Venus and Mercury are opposing Neptune and Pisces. The whole theme of this is just that we had some big expansive dreams and ideas and some crazy actions earlier this year. And now we're getting a reality check in a, a very direct way that there is some piece of that, that we have not, we have not reconciled. Um, and so most of the, the planets in retrograde in a way is kind of saving us because it means that we're really revisiting and learning. This is like that shadow work type period. So it, it's not going to be so much catastrophic. It's just going to be foundational and pretty straightforward and direct. So you can look to where, you know, I would say that Libra and Virgo are where the reality checks are. So wherever those two realms are in your natal chart, that's where those reality checks are going to be coming from. Those two signs are right next to one another. And then Pisces and Aries are kind of where this delusional and sort of chaotic piece of, of rethinking is happening that took place in, you know, March, April, and May of earlier this year. So you can look to where those are in your, in your charts. Um, interestingly, because the way that the chart works, Libra risings, Virgo risings, Pisces risings, and Aries risings are all four going to be experiencing this in their love lives. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I'm not typically like a love life astrologer, but because of the first house, seventh house way that this wheel works, um, there might be some reality checks and romance for those four rising signs. But in general, I would say that the new moons, you know, are times of new beginnings, so this new moon is going to be really well served by spell work or ritual work that is takes an honest accounting of your life, particularly areas in those zones. So I would spend the days leading up to this new moon doing some shadow work, journaling, doing some black mirror scrying or like scrying in a mirror, um, potentially pulling some like cards or oracle cards about a reflective question. And in general, just setting aside some time to really honestly audit the current state of what, what's happening in your life. And then use the new moon to kind of commit to and embark upon a new, more honest beginning in that realm of your life. Very interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a time of hmm, establishing some of the gains, I guess, that we've been making, but just starting into a reality check. So how does that continue on into the month? Yeah. Well, on September 29th, Venus enters Libra. And this is actually a great, great transit. Venus loves being in Libra. It, uh, Venus, uh, excuse me, Libra is ruled by Venus. And so this is its domicile. Venus is a planet of kind of romance and optimism. It's a benefic planet. And Libra is a sign as indicated by the sort of scales of justice that represent it. It's a sign that's about balance and fairness and justice, and it's also quite sociable. So this is going to 
brighten things up for a minute here for us and will be much needed. I don't think it will kind of turn the entire tide into something overwhelmingly positive, but it definitely is going to be a breath of fresh air amidst a lot of what else is going on here. And just after that, on the 1st and 2nd of October, we have um, we have a kind of interesting couple placements and things that are happening here. So Venus moves into Libra and then pretty immediately begins to directly oppose Jupiter. And at this time, all of our major planets are aligning in what is called a grand cross, which is not a very good, let's just be frank, not a super optimistic aspect in the skies. Now, the, the grand cross is really interesting. You should definitely take a look at the chart that I, I put in the written report. Um, but it basically is like a box of square aspects that has this X of direct oppositions through it. And kind of all our major planets are forming this right now. Um, it's being formed in the modalities of the mutable signs, um, which means that it's being formed from Sagittarius, Pisces to Gemini to Virgo. Um, and this now the Grand Cross is not great, but the mutable Grand Cross is the best it gets in terms of not great. Mutable signs are very adaptable and can adapt to change really easily. And so a grand cross like this just looks like a moment of significant adaptation and change. So this is gonna feel like a mounting pressure and urgency, something that we feel like we have to change about ourselves or about our environments, about our daily habits or about the way we're communicating. These are all kind of mutable sign characteristics. Um, and so this is going to happen on the 1st of October. Immediately the next day on the 2nd of October, Mercury stations direct. So this is going to be, I think, a lot less negative than it appears. I think this is going to be a moment of great change for people. And you're going to immediately feel the benefits of it the next day when Mercury stations direct. Mercury obviously is the ruler of two of these mutable signs. Um, and so this just kind of is going to be a moment of major change for a lot of us um, that we'll feel the direct benefits of the next day. Fantastic. That really sounds like a nice change. And actually, that, uh, that's right around my birthday, October 1st. Awesome. Um, now, it's curious. So what you're saying there with that Grand Cross is that all the planets are basically in just four places, right? There's no other planets anywhere else, right? The major planets are in just those four places. They're all 90 degree angles to each other, right? Yeah, there's there are a few that fall outside that. So like Jupiter, for example, um, and Venus, which is in Libra. But for the most part, yes, we have four strong planetary sort of anchors there. It's Neptune, we've got Mars, we've got Mercury, and we've got the moon all forming this grand cross. And a lot of the other planets are kind of right in the proximity of them. Very interesting. It's wow. really tough though, because Eric, the other planets that are that fall outside the Grand Cross are still poorly aspected in oppositions or squares. So we have, I think I'm correct in saying we have every single planet involved in a negative aspect for most of October. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> and just for anyone who's new to astrology, an aspect is basically the angles that different planets make in relation to each other, right? Correct. Yeah. So every planet has some bad angle in relation to another planet. 
and like the strong bad ones, right? I'm not talking about the minor bad ones. Like these are squares and oppositions. They're the baddies. <laughs> oh, this just sounds like a lovely month. <laughs> all right. And all the planets are in retrograde. It's just going to be, it's going to be a tough month. Yeah. This is the wrong month to quit coffee. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so continuing, <laughs> continuing on, how, how much worse can it get? Yeah. So um, interestingly, from the 8th to the 10th of October, we have this sort of powerful moment of rebirth. Um, so Pluto will station direct on October 8th, and then we have a full moon in Aries the next day. Um, and that's going to be a really pretty powerful moment of pride and rebirth and transformation. And because of the full moon in Aries, it may literally feel for a lot of people like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Aries is a very fiery planet. Um, and Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth and transformation. It's been in retrograde um, for five months, pretty much, and in Capricorn, which means that a lot of us have been questioning power dynamics and control um, and cardinal signs in particular. So that's Aries, Libra, Cancer, and Capricorn in particular, if the, that is your rising sign, but anyone who has that in their big three have been basically on the last five months on a major long-term arc of transformation. So I know I have, and I know Lauva has, <laughs> um, beginning at the end of April, and that will really all sort of culminate and it will feel super powerful culmination with this full moon in Aries on the 9th of October. So um, I wrote, I went back to April and I looked at what I had written that cardinal placements would be feeling. And it kind of directly ties to this. And it's that a lot of these cardinal placements have been spending several months examining kind of emotional baggage and what's holding them back in their interpersonal relationships and in their social circles. And um, this will all kind of come to a head on the 9th of October. Um, and Mercury will enter Libra the next day. So I think that in general, full moons are a really good time for letting go and charging our workings. Um, but this lunation is going to really support workings and spellcraft that are in service of like transformation and balance and in some ways, like the greater good as well. So there is definitely still some difficult aspects in the sky at this time, but it still can be a really triumphant expression of like metamorphosis that anyone can leverage, um, particularly those cardinal signs. And so I think anything that's sort of like a shedding, a shedding of skins type working or a purging with fire, um, there's a lot of fire and air elements in the skies at this time. So smoke cleansing um, and doing any kind of like intention building, setting power work will be really powerful right here. So that's really curious. So you really see that October 9th as a culmination of many of the months of the last year. Yes, I think so in particular. I mean, mm. uh, for anyone following that cycle and who's been flowing with that March, April, May, and, you know, been following this, that full moon in Aries is going to feel very triumphant and it can be leveraged intentionally as a sort of trumpet blaring of transformation, uh, especially considering Pluto will be stationing direct just the day prior. Fantastic. So do you see evidence that a new cycle is starting after that, or are we still on the same cycle and it's going to continue? Interesting. I don't, I, I couldn't say, I don't see necessarily like a new cycle right there beginning. However, we end the month on some 
on some foreshadowing. Um, and so it's possible that we'll be seeing some of that in November. And I will tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I mean when we get there. <laughs> Very curious. Awesome. And so, yeah, where do we go next after October 9th? Yeah. So the middle of the month from October 9th, 10th is pretty slow. We have a little bit of a speed bump in the middle there. Um, around the 12th of October, we have Mars squaring Neptune and Mercury opposing Jupiter. But these are kind of small little bumps that just kind of characterize the general tension and turbulence that will be happening around this time. As I mentioned, um, those tough aspects, the squares and the oppositions that involve Neptune, Jupiter, Venus, the sun, the moon, Mercury, that carries us through the month. I mean, you can click through day by day and just see that there are at least three or four of those really difficult aspects carrying us through the month. So this month is kind of going to be a slog after that rebirth, right? And as I wrote in the, you know, sort of written report, it's a rebirth, not without tension. It's not just an uncomplicated stepping forth. There are going to be growing pains to this new expression and this new way that we are forging. But we do end up at the end of this month with this sort of like light at the end of the tunnel, um, which you know, it, it kind of has this foreshadowing element of like, but don't forget what we've endured. Um, but the the last harsh aspect kind of goes away with the end of October new moon on October 25th. Um, but the 22nd and 23rd is a great preview of what that's going to feel like because it, it feels, it's probably going to feel like an enormous weight off our chests. Um, like, kind of like uh, there's that famous painting of the nightmare seated on the woman's chest and the 22nd and 23rd is going to feel like we finally shooed that monster away. Um, we have a really beautiful Venus Kazemi in Libra on the 22nd of October. And so a Kazemi is an Arabic term for um, meaning that a planet is in the heart of the sun. So it's basically for a direct conjunction with the sun and we've had a couple of those that we've talked about on the show before, but it's a really, really auspicious transit of luck and enchantment and fortune and great opportunity. And auspicious is a, a word that sort of refers to a trait in electional astrology when we say that a date really stands out one way or another. It can be auspicious in a bad way, like our mutable grand cross, maybe. Um, but it also can be auspicious in a lovely way, as it is here. This is going to be a particularly fortunate transit because Venus is in its domicile of Libra, and Venus is a benefic planet. That sounds like a wonderful moment to do some ritual workings or otherwise just meditate. Wow. So October 22nd. And, and yeah, so it's going to be, Venus is going to be extra powerful, I imagine, because it's in Libra at that moment, right? Yes, about 100%. To... It's going to be a very, very, honestly, it's very lucky and optimistic. Right. Venus is all about romance and optimism, and it is thought to be in the Kazemi as though that planet and its traits are supercharged by the sun's rays. And because that planet is already being supercharged by being in its domicile sign of Libra, it's going to feel really, really good. Um, I 
I do think that this is kind of one of those placements that does refer to a literal romance in some ways um, because Venus and Libra and the Kasimi. Um, so this could be a really fortunate opportunity for people who are looking for an auspicious time to embark upon or mark or um, undertake some kind of romantic endeavor even. Time to go to the club. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> wonderful. Um, wonderful. Well, it's good to have a lucky day like that. And uh, so then where do, where do we go from there? Yeah, beautifully. The very next day, Saturn stations direct, which hail to the gods from me personally. <laughs> um, and from Lava as well, because those of us who are ruled by Saturn, so that's Aquarius and Capricorn risings in particular, have been through it since June 4th when Saturn was retrograde. In particular, anyone who is an Aquarius rising or Capricorn rising who is age 30 to 31.5 has been really through it <laughs> for the past few months. Um, me personally, for example. Um, but, you know, a lot of us are going to be taking our first full breath since early June. To some extent, anyone with Capricorn and Aquarius in their big three, sun, moon, or rising, is going to be feeling this relief. Um, we talked about this in June when we talked about Saturn going retrograde. But Saturn is a malefic planet. It is typically considered to be a misfortunate planet um, or sort of a negative planet in a natal chart. Um, it is a planet of restriction. And when it is in retrograde, it manifests in this very Odinic way that is like stern and aloof and sort of skeptical of frivolity and sort of sternly reminding us of our values. And so it's retrogrades basically from June until now are associated kind of with restriction and debts and misery and sort of overwhelming existential dread. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, a lot of people get used to those longer retrogrades, so I totally understand that. Um, but this transit is going to feel like a literal party when it happens. Um, and then, you know, right around that time as well, the sun is entering Scorpio. So that, I think, is where the foreshadowing kind of comes in, particularly later on the 23rd of October when Venus enters Scorpio. Um, so we have this lovely, beautiful moment of Venus and Libra. That's going to be fantastic. And then Venus goes from its domicile to its detriment and it goes right into Scorpio where it's not doing so hot. So, um, I think when, you know, we have this Venus Kazemi, that's beautiful. We've got Saturn stationing direct. We're going to feel really good. We're going to feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Even when the sun enters Scorpio, I really think this relief is going to kind of calcify into this sort of stoic perhaps, but a, a sense of determination. Like, okay, I've been through it this month and now I know how I can move forward with not just move forward blandly either, but like with intention and flair. I think Scorpios are known for that in some ways. Um, and Scorpio is a fixed water sign. So it is associated in many ways with like transformation and intensity and deep thinking and deep feeling. Um, it often presents itself in this very mysterious manner, um, but it can also be known for these darker sides of sort of grudge holding um, that are more in the realm of shadow and darkness. So I think that when Venus enters Scorpio at the end of this month, 
um, it is possible that some of us may begin to feel sort of retributive and bitter even. Um, this is kind of like, uh, can be very grudge holding. And I think I, I read another astrologer and their name escapes me at this time, but describe basically Venus and Scorpio as letting the sweet thing sit for so long that it rots. Um, and that is definitely kind of how the Venus and Scorpio is going to feel. And so that's kind of that little foreshadowing period at the end of the month of like, is this the beginning of a new cycle? That's a villain arc. Um, we don't know. <laughs> we'll find out in November. Um, but it at least looks like right after this on 25th of October, which we'll start our next report with, but all of those major difficult aspects and transitions will be gone by the 25th of October. We have a new moon in Scorpio, a new beginning. And that's why I kind of think it kind of has this foreshadowing of a villain arc because the new moon in Scorpio and the new beginning in Scorpio sounds a little bit like a new resolution, perhaps towards a grudge of some kind, or perhaps towards some sort of darker, um, shadow realm transformation. Wow. Well, that is one heck of a month. Okay. That's, that's a lot of narrative playing out. That's a lot of lessons, contradictory things, ah, difficulties, blessings, and lucky days. Wow. That is, that is a month of, contra of uh, dichotomies for sure. It definitely has some interesting contradictions in it. It's got lots, like I said, turbulence. I think that's a good way to describe it because it really is kind of ups and downs. Uh, it's a mixed bag and it's a little chaotic. I think it will, um, the exact ways it will play out for everyone will feel different, you know, from person to person, but it, the general themes I think were, are going to be pretty universal, the turbulence and the tension. Wow. So if you had to sum up the month in a paragraph, what would you say? What's it, what's it going to be like? Yeah. I think that this is going to feel like, um, almost a tiring amount of new information coming at us in the beginning of this month. Um, at the end of September and at the beginning of October, we are going to feel a stop and start with all the new information that's coming at us mid month. We are seeing ourselves in a new way. Um, in this powerful moment of rebirth and the full moon in Aries, we are all emerging from the ashes. And I think that some of us are going to be sort of in a, in all of us will feel determined to kind of overcome that tension and to navigate it. And then I think some people may be turning inward and turning darker, whether that's sort of negative or not, I can't say, but um, it definitely sounds like we are all getting ready to kind of launch into the Yule season and the sort of deep winter with some darkness. And I kind of feel like that is how I'm feeling people feeling on a daily basis. Anyway. Um, I have been feeling people getting ready for that, um, kind of on a spiritual level as well. You know, the world is such a complex place right now. I can imagine many different sources for darkness, whether it's interpersonal or just looking at the world stage right now and taking on some of that energy or, yeah, if people want to have grudges. And so do you see it as kind of grudges that people are are really kind of focusing on, like becoming a major part of their life? Or is it kind of like just something in the background? Is there yeah, enough data think, in the stars? 
uh, it, there, there could be. So I think that, um, there, there's a lot at play. I think if you have major Scorpio placements in your chart in particular, in your big five planets, um, you may be feeling that pull. Then you may be feeling that pull quite strongly and deeply as Scorpio placements do. Um, I think also fellow Aries placements because Scorpio in traditional astrology is ruled by the planet Mars. I think Aries may be feeling sort of a simpatico sense of this. And honestly, Aries placements have been having a year. Um, so I think that there are some people who will be more predisposed, just as we always know that there are some people who are more predisposed towards towards that. I think most of us are going to be feeling, I think all of us will be feeling the base level of determination at the end of this. So grudge holding notwithstanding, I think everyone's going to be feeling like, okay, that's over. I'm not doing that again. I'm going to proceed forward in a new way with what I've learned. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like quite a month. I look forward to our next episode where we're going to find out where November is going to take us with this yeah, and new post-grudge environment and lessons learned. And... Yeah, next month uh, will be pretty interesting. We have, you know, this new moon in Scorpio, which is something. And um, then we will have this sort of, I think we'll have this sort of new sense of faith in ourselves and that endurance and grit, having gone through the grand cross, having gone through that, you know, full moon and have this sort of like dark determination um, Jupiter is, you know, still in retrograde and it will be returning to Pisces, which I think will actually be a relief for most of us. Jupiter and Aries is very chaotic, um, retrograde or no, we'll have Mercury and Scorpio. So maybe some of us again, with those strong Scorpio placements are going to be keeping more secrets than normal. Um, and then I hate to tell you this, but next month, Mars joins the retrograde party and Mars will be in retrograde. <laughs> It's so quite the party. Yeah, things will get better for us in February. <laughs> Does that make you feel better? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's only <laughs> it's only five months away or so. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Alexandra Blair has been your prophet of doom, everyone. And <laughs> <laughs> I know I did begin this interview by saying. I'm not a catastrophic or fatalistic astrologer. And then I proceeded to tell everyone they're going to end the month with grudges on their, on their hearts, but <laughs> just what I'm seeing. it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. And of course, everyone's month is going to be different, but you know, they might follow a same pattern, but I mean, the amount of variability between people's lives allows for very interesting and unique ways for the stuff to play out, right? So it'll be very Absolutely. interesting to see how it, how it turns out. Yeah. And as always, you know, um, I, I noted it a few times in the written report, but take a look at your own chart. Take a look to where uh, Aries and Pisces and Virgo and Libra are. Those, um, those signs oppose each other. So Aries opposes Libra and Virgo opposes Pisces. That's where you're going to be feeling these core tensions and turbulences. And I know that that's true for me. I've already looked it up. So definitely look, look this up when, where your chart is now, Aries and Pisces are where you're going to be feeling like the aftershocks of that March, April, May, sort of like, what was I thinking is how you might even be feeling because with all of these planets in Virgo, you're going to be seeing things in a new way and just really being very analytical and nitpicky and feeling like 
there is no way that I'm going to be able to execute those things that I imagined I was possible of executing. Sounds like fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much for an awesome report. It's, uh, um, you know, you can't kill the messenger. So, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if the message is terrible, but you know, it sounds like it's going to be a very uh, interesting month, a rougher month that we've seen in even this year, really, it sounds like. So, uh, you know, good luck, everyone. I'm sure that you'll get through it. Uh, just, you know, keep your eyes open and try to do ceremonies and such to make it easier, right? Use those Absolutely. full moons and such to to tap into the positive energy. Use the, uh, you know, the Venus and the sun alignment in order to, uh, the Kazemi, right? Mm -hmm. In order to, uh, uh, it's an interesting word. Yeah, use the Kasimi to to bring some luck into your life, right? This kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Use yeah. the good stuff and, and that'll help you get through it. Absolutely true. Proceed with intention, know what's coming and you can definitely, you know, I, I definitely believe in free will. We all have free will and it is absolutely possible for you to proceed with intention and sort of use the stars and these astrological weather reports to really um, proceed with intention in your life and sort of ground your workings and ground your outlook and know what's coming. So you're not just taken by surprise and sort of being baffeted about by the cosmic winds. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alexandra, and you have a phenomenal day and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you so much, Eric. Sounds great.